Fantastic. Last week we were looking at what it means to be filled with the Spirit. We're filled with the Holy Spirit in our life and how we can keep on being, being filled. It's a continual area and thing in our life that we can just keep receiving of the Holy Spirit and being filled up, not running on empty. Um, there's nothing worse. My, my van seems to go through fuel like it's going out of fashion. It's like I, you know, every week I'm there filling up the, the fuel tank. But you know what? We can go for weeks or months and we forget to fill ourselves up with, with the Holy Spirit. And yet the Word of God says, be being filled constantly, continually being filled with him. And I think it's just something that we just need to be reminded of on a regular basis. Come on, church, let's be filled with the things of God. But one of the benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we can then be led by him. You know, when you're, when you're walking, before I, I got saved, I, I, I walked aiml- aimlessly in life. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know what I wanted to achieve in life. I just existed in life. But when I got saved, when I received God into my heart, and, and my, my, my life became alive in Him, the Holy Spirit began to lead me and direct me and give me purpose and give me, give me that fulfillment and direction and empowerment in life. And it's like how my life began to change when I accepted him, and then he began to lead me in the paths that he had for me. And when, you, when you look at your life, we know Psalm, I think it's Psalm 139, talks about before I lived a day, he already had my life written in his book, and every day was ordained by him. So he's not taken by surprise by our circumstances. Isn't that good to know? He's not surprised by where we are today or what we were doing yesterday. He's not, surprised by, he's not surprised by any of it. We may fall into diverse temptations, testings, and trials. We may suddenly come across a storm that's hitting us from nowhere, but it hasn't taken him by surprise. But his grace is sufficient. As we continue to look to him, he will lead us through the storm. You know, there, there are many people who say, Lord, take me out of the storm. But how many of you know you learn a lot in the storm? Oh, you learn to trust him. You learn who is the anchor to your soul when you're in the midst of a storm. When the anchor's down and you're not getting pushed and swayed by everything that's going on around you because your anchor is holding you. Let let the word of God, let the hope in God be the anchor to our soul. So God is never taken by surprise. So when he leads us and guides us, we know he leads and guides and he has a purpose and a plan and those purposes and plans will come to pass. You know, one scripture was given to me, I think it was at my baptism, it was probably given to me when I got saved. Um, Proverbs chapter 3, trust in the Lord. With all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Uh, the hard thing is to trust in the Lord in, in all your ways. Oh, we, we, we trust him when we're here. We, we trust him when things are going good. We trust him on the mountaintops. It's when we get through the valleys that is a little bit harder to trust him. When there isn't money in the bank account to pay for the mortgage, when, when the children seemingly are going off in their own direction, it's a little harder to say, I trust you in this. 
But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. It is a guarantee he will direct your path. Though I walk through the midst of trouble, he will revive me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is there with me. Um, Whilst I walk through the valley of Baca, he will turn it into a valley of springs. The trust is in the journey. And I just really want to encourage you, allow God to lead you. There was a moment in, um, in Moses' life, and, and he's leading the three million um, Israelites from Egypt. He's leading them out. You know, he's, just, he's just done his business, let my people go. Pharaoh's capitulated. He's allowed the children of Israel to leave uh, Egypt. They're on this journey, and, and he really doesn't know which way to go, but he's following a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Okay, that's really good. That's cool. We can see that you're there. And, and, and there are moments they, they, uh, in this journey, they move into, uh, into, the, in, into this direction. They're wandering. They're going through stuff. And, and in this journey, they have to trust God because they know that the Egyptians are chasing them. They know then there's a Red Sea. There's an ocean in front of them. What do they do? They've, you've led us this far. Now what? You, if you led us to the, you know, the, the, there was a lot of murmuring in the camp. There was a lot of murmuring from the naysayers. You know, oh, you've led us this far only to let us die. Oh, we would have been far better in Egypt where we had food and where we had this. Do you know what? It's trusting when you don't have in your hand. It's trusting when you don't have a roof over your head. It's trusting when you don't know when the next paycheck's coming from. It's trusting, regardless of the circumstances, we know that we can trust in him. And then there came the word of the Lord to Moses. Lift up your staff. He could have, he could have said, God, that's bonkers. But that staff, that staff has served him well. Oh, remember, he put it down on the ground and it turned into a snake. You know, he had already tested this staff and he knew that this staff or the, the word of the Lord was faithful. And he picked up the staff or picked up the snake and it became a staff again. He put his hand into his chest and it pulled out and it was leprous. And then he put it back in and it was clean. He tested the ways of God. So when God said, lift up your staff, I can imagine the first thought was, mm, okay, what are they going to do? What, do I hit the water like I did the rock? Do I, what do I do? You know, but in this journey, he lifts up the staff and the waters part. Do you know what? When we lift up the word of God, regardless of what you go through, it has to move. The waters have to part. There has to be a way through the water when you lift up the rod of God's word, because he is faithful to his word. He, is, he and his word are one. Jesus is the word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. When we release the word of God over our life, he is faithful to watch over that word to perform it. When I look at the children, Israel was walking through the wilderness of life in the wilderness of, of their circumstances. They kept trusting that he would lead the way. And, and 
There was moments when they put down camp. They put down, you know, in, um, in, in the wandering of the wilderness for 40 years. There were moments when they put down camp. They made camp. The cloud hadn't moved. The fire hadn't moved. They were staying where they were. But there came a moment when Moses said something really interesting to God. He said, if your presence doesn't go, we're not moving. If you're not leading the way, we're not going. And I think it's really interesting in our journey that we very often start something and then we ask God to bless it. We start a journey, we think, oh, this is a good idea or a good God, a good God idea. And we start a journey and then we realize, hang on, I've not even spoken to God about this. Maybe I need to ask God to bless what I'm doing. How about we ask him to lead us? We ask him first, what is your will? Not my will, but yours be done. We look to him for the direction before we start heading anywhere. I think that's a far better way. This is what Moses said in Exodus uh, chapter 33, verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace... What a great prayer this is as well. Listen to this. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. Can you imagine praying that every morning? If I found grace in your sight, Lord... Show me your way today. Who you want to minister to through my life. What you want to achieve today through my life. That's basically what he's saying. Show me now your way that I may know you. Isn't that lovely? What is the cry of our heart more than anything else is to know him. It was Paul's heart that I may know you, that I may know the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering. Paul's prayer was that I may know you more. See, we, we all know in part and we all know at different levels in part of who God is and what he's done and what he's achieved and his saving grace. We, we know in part, but here the heart of Moses was that I may know you. And that I may find grace in your sight and consider this nation is your people. My heart's prayer is, Lord, that I would know you more. And that these people who are in this congregation would encounter you more and more and more. And then God said this, and he said, my presence, this is God speaking, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. How many of us in the room need rest? Maybe in the business of our mind or the business of our work, business of life. How many of us need rest? My presence will go with you. If you've received God into your life and you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, you have his presence. Therefore, you have his rest. They go hand in hand. And I will give you rest. Then Moses said... To him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Do we place that kind of value on the presence of God? You know, if God's presence wasn't here today in this house, Lord, I might as well stay in bed. 
You know, what am I going to get if I come here and his presence isn't here? We'll sing a few songs, karaoke, we can call it karaoke. If his presence is not here, it's just a sing-along. If his presence isn't here, this is just another book. If his presence isn't here, then his anointing, his corporate anointing isn't present. But if his presence is here, then anything is possible in the house of God. Anything. Healings to manifest, people to be delivered, the power of the, power of the Lord here right now in this place to do whatever needs to take place. If his presence is here. And I know, according to the word of God, he said, where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. That's the wonder of us gathering together. So if you receive the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, you and I can be led by him. Led in the direction of our life so that we can avoid certain pitfalls that the enemy has laid before us. There are certain things that we can, as we trust the Lord, that he can divert our way so that we don't endure hardship in a certain situation. Oh, we will endure hardship in this life. The Bible is very clear. But when the enemy has set plans and traps for your life, the Lord knows how to make you avoid those things. He knows. He knows our journey. He leads, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. He knows how to step aside and step round. He knows that the weak places in the ice so that you don't fall through the ice. He knows. And as we trust him in the journey, he will lead us in our way. But you know what? There is always a battle. There's a battle of submitting our spirit to the will of the Lord and following him. Or the battle of the flesh to do my will, not his. We all face that. It's a reality. All the time we're in this physical body, we will have that battle go on in our life. This is what it says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Very, very clearly this says, if you, if you, if you submit your fleshly longings to your natural self, you will walk into sin. You will walk into failure. You will walk into the trap that the enemies lay before you. But if you lean and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you, he will lead you in the paths of righteousness and the paths that are good. Oh yes, we do fall into diverse temptations, tests and trials, but very often those things that we fall into aren't the things that we were intended to encounter. We fall into them perhaps because we've not been spiritually aware of what's been taking place. We've got to allow the Spirit of God to lead. How do you know if your life is being led by the Holy Spirit? I want you to consider this thought. If my life is being led by the Holy Spirit, you would see fruit in your life. 
because you, you, we've got the, the nine gifts, the nine fruits, and we're led by the Spirit. If you, if you want to look at your life, do a self-examination of your life, okay? We're not going to put your name up there and, and, and um, sort of, uh, who should we pick on? Singai, here we're going to pick on Singai. We're going to put your name up there, and we're going we're, we're to do an x-ray life of Singai this week. That would be just so wrong. He may have had a really good week, he may have had a terrible week, but we're not going to put Singai up there. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit knows us that well. He knows, in, he knows us inside out. And the way which we can do a self-examination of how well we're being led by the Spirit is the fruit. Are you allowing love to be the thing, the number one life-driving force? Are you allowing the love of God in your life? Are you allowing joy to flow regardless of the circumstances. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, sessions, and trials. That's the full scripture of it. Are you allowing peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, to guard your heart and your mind? Are you allowing... See, these are the fruit of the Spirit. They're yours. They're in there. They are complete in you, but we draw out from the, from the fruit in us. So if you want to... If you want to Self-examine who you are and what you're walking in right now. Are you being led by the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Are they the fruit of your life? For, superb. For, for some, you may say, well, a husband or a wife may say, well, I, I know that anger is one of the fruits that are coming from your life right now. That's not gentleness. <laughs> so, 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 or, or maybe you're not experienced self-control. You know, you, you just. Um, no, no, I won't go down that road. <laughs> you're not being very kind. You shout at every person in the car that cuts you up. You're not being kind to people. You're not allowing the fruit of the spirit. So, therefore, you're not being led. You're allowing flesh. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're allowing your flesh to lead you, rather than your spirit. Bless them, Lord. They just cut me up. Bless them. Keep them safe. Protect every driver around them. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Not, I'll get my own back. Now, I, I, I don't always allow the fruit of the Spirit. If you've seen me driving, where's, where's Kerwin? Uh, not Kerwin. Um, Lyndon. Where's Lyndon? He's out. That's all right then. So, you know, I'm not perfect at this. But I want to lean into the Holy Spirit more so that the fruit is evident in my life more. Therefore, I'll know in myself that I am being led by the Spirit rather than by the flesh. That's your barometer. It's your thermostat. It's your, it's your whatever, your clapometer, the Holy Spirit clapping you. Whatever you want, however you want to look at it. You know, when you do good to others, the Holy Spirit's clapping you. When you fall into the flesh and say, oh, get my own back, the Holy Spirit's saying, where's the fruit? I'm meant to be leading you in this. So come on, let's lean into the Holy Spirit. Let's lean into the fruit of the Spirit and allow ourselves to be led by Him. You know, so often we, we, we perhaps look at being led by the Spirit. Oh, I've got a job that I'm looking to try and, you know, I'm, I've got two jobs I'm looking to get. Um, they both accepted me. I don't know which one to go for. Well, let, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. I, well, yeah, that's great. And, and, and I'm sure he does. I don't know which university to go to. I'm sure the Holy Spirit will lead you. Yes, he will do. But actually, 
let's look at life here rather than what we do. It's, it's so often we look at the Holy Spirit leading us in what we do and not who we are. If we can get who we are right, what we do will follow. But we're putting the cup before the horse. We're trying, to, we're trying to get things sorted rather than ourselves. Come on, let's be real. We need to get ourselves sorted so that life goes better. So let's allow the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit to be that which leads us and becomes the barometer of our life. Because the most, probably the, the, the greatest gift beyond salvation that we've been given as Christians is the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit, God himself, living in us. What an incredible gift. Oh, he's given us the gift of life? Absolutely. Well, that is the breath of life, and the breath of life is Rurik, which is the spirit of breath in us. If it wasn't for him... Where would we be? So let's surrender. Surrender is not an easy thing to do. I'm just looking around the room. Have I got a little volunteer? Where's a little? Have we got a little one in the room? A little one that. Who's happy to be a volunteer and come out here? <laughs> who's happy to help me preach? A little, a little, a little preach. <laughs> Is there a little person who's willing to come and help me preach? Anybody? Ella. Who? Ella. Ella. <laughs> Ella, would you come and help Granddad preach? Yeah, come to Granddad. Look, this could be very interesting. Oh, you got sweets for me. Thank you, precious. Can I? Mm. Let me put those there. Come to Granddad. No, okay. <laughs> if I if I put those there, can I? Oh, this is going to be hard work, isn't it? Um, that's not going to work. You're too little. Can I have a little bit bigger person? Yay! You don't know what I'm going to do. Come over here. Come over here. Now, let me whisper. So, there we go. Oh, well done, Josh. So, to surrender means that you trust God. You trust him. You trust his ways. So without looking, you trust. And you fall. <laughs> trust isn't always easy, is it? So you turn, you turn that way. Trust me. Trust me. Go on. I guess this is a great illustration. We all wonder, is God going to save me? Go on, you can do it, you can do it. Oh, 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 we nearly got there. One more time, yes? This time, we're going to do it. Going to trust, going to trust. Yay! Well done. That's brilliant. You deserve a sweet from my box. How about that? i got to... I got a sweet box. Any other volunteers? (laughs) But that's trust, isn't it? As as children, we didn't have a problem trusting our parents when we threw ourselves off the stairs. Daddy, catch me. We didn't have a problem doing that. Or when we jumped into the swimming pool and, and we hoped someone would be there to save us, we didn't have a problem. We didn't swim, but there was someone to save us. But you know what? 
as adults, we grow old. And because we've not been able to trust people, we then forget how to trust God. We've got to come to that place where we say, it's called capitulate. I remember, do you remember Tyson Tyson many years ago? Tyson Tyson, capitulate. And you just stand there and you go, I'm not going to do it because <laughs> I'm not silly. But it, how we forget to trust the one who said he's totally trustworthy. Totally trustworthy. Come on, church. Will you trust him to lead you? Will you trust him to lead you from the inside out? Will you trust him to lead you in the circumstances of your life, wherever you may be right now? Will you or do you trust him completely? Because it's not easy. I'm not, this isn't, I'm not saying it's easy. But it's where he wants us to get to. He wants us to trust him completely. Listen to this. This is a beautiful scripture. Isaiah 42, verse 16. This is God speaking. And he says this. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. Oh, you know, when you don't know what to do or which way to go or which path to choose, let's trust him. I will bring the blind by a way they didn't know. Can you imagine what that's like? You look at a blind person. We, we used to know a blind lady called Maureen. She was an amazing lady. She ran a, a five-star bed and breakfast, and she was blind. But she used to know, all the guests were in this conservatory having breakfast, and she would know when she stepped out of her little cottage that she could wander around, just touch a table here, and wander around, just touch a table there, and she would work her way around the room as if she had eyes. It was incredible. Because that's what blind people do. They know, they, they become familiar with their surroundings. They use this stick and they get familiar with their surroundings. But here God says, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. What is he saying? I don't want you to trust in what you already know. I don't want you to trust in what is already familiar. I want you to trust me because I'm bringing you by a way you don't know. You won't know where the pitfalls are, where you won't know the surroundings, but you will trust me in the journey. And I think, come on, that's, that's got to be our heart, is I don't know the way, but I trust you in it. I don't know everything about you, God, <laughs> and who does? You know, even the collective brain in this room would not know a portion of what there is to know about God. But by faith, we begin to trust him. So that he, as we trust him, we grow to know him that much more. And he says, I'm going to bring the blind up a way they did not know. I will lead them on a path that they have not known. I will make their darkness light before them. A crooked place is straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you and I an incredible, incredible much. The Holy Spirit wants to be real to you. 
come on. He wants to be real. He wants to lead you beyond your own heart. Can you imagine what life would be like if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us every day of our lives? Can you imagine what it would be like as we're walking down the street and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your life saying, I want you to speak to that person. I want you to share with that person. I want you to impart something to that person. I've got a prophecy over this person's life. I want you to speak that prophecy out because it's going to convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon them. Wasn't that how Paul lived? You know, Peter and Peter and John went to pray at, the, at the, the early hour. They went there in the morning. First thing in the morning, they went to pray as, there's, as was their custom. It was the, the, what they usually did. It wasn't out of the ordinary. This wasn't a different thing on a different occasion. They went to the temple as they normally would. And as they went there this day, a, a crippled man says, give us some money. I want I need some money. Peter turns around and says, silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have. Have you ever wondered the such as you have? Have you ever wondered? On that day, it was healing power in the name of Jesus. On another day, it was deliverance. On another day, it was provision. Have you ever considered the such as you have to offer to this world that has not? Such as I have. Such as I have. I'm so thankful, and I'm I'm sure this guy was this day. Such as I have, I keep to myself. Can you imagine? That would be such a wrong story. The guy there, he's asking for money, he's crippled. Such as you have, you keep to yourself. But how many of us are like that? The such as we have, we keep to ourselves. But he didn't say that. He said, such as I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Where is the difference between Peter that day, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, and you and I, who are filled with the Holy Spirit today? God's not changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? God's not changed Maybe the Peter heart in us has changed. Rather than saying, such as I have, I give to you, can we open the door, please? Are the main doors open by any chance? Yeah, can we, can we open these? Oh, it's getting toasty in here. 26! Ah, oh, that's hot. Such as I have. Such as I have. Come on, that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. Such as I have, I give. Such as I have, I give. Such as I have, we all have a lot to give. We know so much about God that the world has no idea of. They have an idea of religion, but they don't have an idea of our God, a loving heavenly Father who so cares for every individual on this planet that he died upon a cross to save them from their sin. The world doesn't understand that, but such as I have, I give. John 5, verse 30, Jesus is speaking. And he says this. And this is, to me, this is such a reassuring verse. 
John 5.30 says, I can of myself do nothing. What was that? Jesus is talking about his humanity in the natural of who we are or of who he was. I can of myself do nothing. But as I hear, I judge, and my judgments are righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Of myself, I can do nothing. If Jesus said that, we all need to come to that place. Hang on, in myself, I absolutely can do nothing. But as I yield to him, as I surrender to the Holy Spirit in me, as I hear what he's saying, then I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one who lives in me. And therefore, nothing is impossible to him who believes. I, I just look at this and I, I, I notice that, that Jesus said, as I hear, I judge. The Holy Spirit is talking to all of us all of the time. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've been baptized, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit's talking. Jesus said, as I hear, I judge. For us, maybe the problem is we're not hearing. We're not listening. We're dull of hearing. I don't know what it may be for you, or maybe you've just not got time to sit and to listen. I, 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 you know, it was Elijah in the Old Testament. You know, there was the, the, the earthquake and the, the, the fire and the, the, the hurricane force winds. And then there was the still small voice. Maybe we're running around expecting earthquakes, and, but actually the Holy Spirit is using his still, small voice. This is the way. Walk ye in it. This is my call for you. Are you prepared to lay down everything and follow me? I, I, I don't know where this fits for you. You know, this isn't a one-size-fits-all. This may be fitting you in all sorts of different ways. But I know the Holy Spirit's speaking. I know he's pinpointing things in people's hearts. I'm going to finish with this. So how, how do we allow the Spirit of God to speak into our life? I've got one, two, three, four, five. Five things, one after another, okay? The Holy Spirit will lead you through the Word of God. If you're void of the Word, you hinder the Holy Spirit speaking. As you allow the Word of God to fill your heart, the Holy Spirit can use His Word to speak into your life. This is a Spirit-filled book. It's a supernatural book. It's His book, and He will use His Word, and the Holy Spirit will confirm that Word in your heart. So he will use his word by the Spirit. Us spending time in prayer or being in his presence, the Holy Spirit will speak as we give him space, if we give him time, as we're in his presence, just as he did with Moses, he will speak into your life. He may use someone else to give you a word through a message or he may speak for you to you through the word of God as it's preached on a Sunday or a podcast or something that you're reading at, at a particular time. God will use situations. He may use that still small voice deep within your heart. He may use a picture. He may use a vision. He may, but God is always speaking. We're not always listening. 
Where's my last scripture? Is that my last one? Yes, that's my last one. Let's go Romans 8, verse 14. And we're finished with this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What a privilege. You know, collectively, we're all sons. I know you're male and female. But in God's eyes, he's called us his children, sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with the Son. If, if, you, if you're a joint heir, uh, let's just say, um, who's here? Boy, ah, two lads in the front, Joss at the back. Joint heirs, okay? If you, so Jono and Sam are joint heirs of my inheritance. I've got more children, so I will split it six ways, but I'm just... <laughs> these two, joint heirs, joint is two, we'll call it joint. So, you get 50-50 of everything I've got. You get my snooker cue, you get my fishing rods. <laughs> I guess you get a split of the house. All right, so they get, they're in, they get the inheritance. They're joint heirs with God. <laughs> it's just, that's just unbelievable. They're joint heirs with God. They're heirs with the Father, and we are joint heirs with the Son. So the Father, Jesus, the Son, and you. Everything that is Jesus's, given to him by God, and you being a joint heir is yours as well. Was there any sickness in Jesus? You're a joint heir. If the enemy is trespassing with sickness in your body, let's kick him out as an as a, as a intruder in your life. Amen? If Jesus had all wisdom as a joint heir, we have wisdom. If he had everything provided by his Father above, guess what we can have? Everything provided by our Father because we're a joint heir. Heirs with the Father. Joint heirs with the Son. If Jesus walked with the anointing of God, guess what? We have that anointing. The works that I do, you shall do also. Why? Because you're a joint heir. You shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You will speak to demons and they will flee. You will raise the dead. Why? Because we're an heir with the Father and we're a joint heir with the Son. And what if Jono got 90% and Sam got 10%, that's not a joint heir, is it? But if Jonathan was Jesus and we're a joint heir that means everything that Jesus has you have (laughs) thank you Sylvie for illustration purposes thank you Sylvie they will all have a cut 
But isn't that an amazing picture? Jesus over here has it all. He is complete as God on this earth and as a natural man. As a joint heir, we have everything that our big brother has because we're a joint heir with him and an heir with the Father. Don't ever look at your lack as being an insufficiency. Look at it as an opportunity to see the Father come through. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Lord, you know some of the things that we've heard today. Well, you know all of the things. You know the things that we need to hear. I pray that you'd stir us up by way of remembrance. That we would always remember the word of the Lord to our heart this day. Jesus' name. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray this prayer. We do this most Sundays, and I want to do this today. I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me, just to acknowledge and, and to pray and ask Jesus to come into your life. This may be the very first time. You may have done it before, but today you know you want to be not only an heir with the Father, but a joint heir with the Son. And it's, and it's beginning to make sense to you. So would you pray this nice and loud? helping those that have never perhaps prayed it before. Jesus, I come to you today, and I thank you that you came, you died on a cross, you gave your life for me, and you rose from the dead for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I ask it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. While every head is bowed, every eye closed. You may have prayed that today for the very first time. You may have prayed it before, but today you want to make it real in the journey moving forward. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand and then pop it back down. We've got some information we'd like to pass on to you in the Bible. If that's you and you prayed that prayer for the first time today, would you pop up your hand after three? One, two, Three, if that's you, just pop up your hand nice and high. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. So anybody else in this room, you say, yeah, that's me. There's two people in this room today. Is there anybody else? Going to count down from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Father, I thank you for those in this room that are making their heart right with you, getting right in their journey with you. Father, I thank you for your love toward them. I thank you, Lord, that your love is an everlasting love. And I pray, Father, that you'd wrap your arms around them, that they would know the power of the cross, the power of salvation, and the transformation that only you alone can bring in their lives this day. Father, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, Whatever you want to do in this place, this is your house. We are your people, and we want to meet with you. If your presence doesn't go, we're not moving. In Jesus' name, amen.